I think this is so important. We talked about this last week, COVID in your brain. What does COVID-19 do to your brain? Um, and uh, I was just, I just like got some little tidbits from some of these news articles that I saw and I didn't put anything together, but now I think we're seeing a much bigger picture and I want to share this with you. So first off, we all know that COVID uh, creates the, the standard stuff that we've been reading about, right? The fever, the cough, the difficulty breathing, all those kind of things. We, we get all that kind of stuff. I mentioned a little bit before last week, but now it's coming out and I'm going to show you some actual journal articles in a moment about this. Now it's coming out that other symptoms, headaches, confusion, seizures, tingling, numbness, and especially loss of smell or taste. Um, that's the bigger things that are coming up. So people with COVID are not just having respiratory issues. They're now having other issues. They're now having neurological issues, right? And this is huge because what's happening in these people is that COVID is crossing the blood-brain barrier, right? Not in everybody, not in everybody, but it's crossing the blood-brain barrier. Um, so it's now affecting the brain. It's not just affecting um, whether or not a person can breathe and uh, cough and fever and that kind of stuff, the typical stuff you'd see with a virus. But now we're seeing that it's, uh, it's actually affecting the brain, especially smell and taste. And I want you guys to think about this. Tell me if you guys know the answer to this. Um, what other neurological major issue has the loss of smell or taste, but especially smell, the loss of smell as a precursor to the actual the bigger problem coming on later on? What other major issue, major neurological issue? Pandas, that's good, Megan. Pandas is good. Um, we're going to talk about that momentarily. But but that's not where I'm looking for. This is a major issue in adults, in adults. Uh, pain is mostly in kids. So in adults, in a major issues in adults, a neurological issue that the loss of smell very often is the precursor to the bigger problem coming on. Is Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Uh, a, a lot of neurologists, and I forgot to put the study in here. I thought I had it in here, but it's, it's not, sorry. Um, yeah, I, yeah, most people had no idea. I'm gonna, I, I have it written over here put the Alzheimer's and loss of sense of smell. I'm going to put that in my, our PowerPoints for next week. Um, but that's a big one that a lot of people are finding that Alzheimer's is creating a loss of sense of smell before. So when somebody has like a, a, a slight memory loss and they will go to the doctor, one of the first things the doctor will, the neurologist will do is test their sense of smell. And they have now smell wheels. I'll show you next week. I'm, I, I'm getting one, uh, a smell wheel where, uh, let me write that down to remind me, I'll show it to you guys. Smell wheel, uh, where they will smell different smells and uh, be able to say, I can smell this smells like coffee, this smells like peanut butter, this smells like roses. Um, so those kind of things, they lose that. Um, and, and that's how they know that the dementia or slight memory loss, whatever, is, is headed in a, in a more serious direction. They, may, they need to take more aggressive uh, action for Alzheimer's. So what does that mean? What that means is that well, first off, interesting thought. Uh, it means also that Alzheimer's may have some kind of viral influences too, which is interesting to think. Uh, but what it also means is that now we're going to see, like just like like uh, Megan uh, mentioned, this pandas thing. This pandas thing is a big thing, right? So we mentioned this last week a little bit. Pandas, which is the pediatric autoimmune uh, neuropsychiatric disorder associated with strep. Something else is coming down the pike, guys. Especially in kids and teenagers. I'm telling you. I'm telling. I'm just watch it. Something else coming down the pike. There's going to be some other thing. I don't know what it's going to be or what they're going to call it or whatever, but something else is coming down the pike. And 
it's going to be a similar thing to pandas. And it's going to cause some sort of uh, autoimmune neurological disorder associated with, you know, with what's going on with this, with, with this pandemic, right? And that's why I want you to just to watch this because I think this is going to happen and I'm telling you it before it happens. And you're going to know before anybody else knows, right? So look at this. So here's a journal article. Loss of sense of smell and taste in combination with other symptoms is a strong predictor of COVID. So what's, what's been happening is a lot of people who don't even have um, symptoms, right? 25% of people supposedly who don't have symptoms of COVID, um, but they are losing sense of smell and taste. So that's interesting, number one. And number two is some people are getting this loss of sense of smell and taste before the COVID infection really smacks them. So fascinating uh, stuff that, that, this is, that this is a brain-related issue, right? This is not just a virus attacking the respiratory system like a typical flu virus is. This is a much bigger issue. And then we look at this one. This is from JAMA, right? The Journal of American Medical Association. Um, this is neurologic manifestations of hospitalized patients with coronavirus in Wuhan, where it all started, right? The epicenter of this uh, kind of thing. Um, and look at what this article said here. Let me raise this up here a little quicker. There we go. Better. Um, so right over here, we're talking about these are the manifestations that they were seeing in China. Uh, uh, dizziness, headache, impaired consciousness, acute cerebrovascular disease, ataxia, and seizure. Big, already major neurological thing. But then look at this here. Taste impairment, smell impairment, and then vision impairment and nerve pain. So these are giant nerve system issues. Right. And why am I saying this? Because it is my opinion that you and I are going to see these this sort of sequela in these children later on. We're going to see this. Um, I think what's going to happen is we're going to see uh, kids who maybe didn't actually get covid, you know, when they were during this epidemic. Uh, or maybe they did. But either way regardless if they did or didn't, then later on, they're going to get another infection. And then this infection, just like in a pandas kind of thing, this infection is going to smash them. And now when they're done with that infection kind of thing, this, this secondary infection, now, just like in pandas, they have strep, they feel better, they, get, they feel a little bit worse. And then all of a sudden, they get these neurological issues going on. In pandas, uh, uh, if, you, if, you, you, um, in, if you're in my advanced diagnosis class, we'll talk about this next week. In pandas, you'll see kids with OCD-like issues and autism-like issues, and some of them get quite violent and aggressive. Um, that's the kind of stuff we're going to see. I'm telling you, write it down, star this, and say when it happens, you know, in six months, a year from now, Dr. Ruben first said this, right? Uh, because I feel that's, re that's really, not that I want it to happen, of course, but I just feel like it will. Now, Carly asked an excellent question. Do you think we should view this like Epstein-Barr? And my answer is yes. My answer is yes. Um, you know, uh, I, I have, there's no doubt that just like Epstein-Barr uh, virus, um, if you all remember, Epstein-Barr will uh, cause um, which is the causative uh, issue for mono, infectious mononucleosis, uh, Epstein-Barr later on can cause fibromyalgia or um, chronic fatigue syndrome, right? Um, Chickenpox, right? Varicella zoster. What does that cause later on in someone who's really stressed out? And remember what that causes? Someone who has uh, chickenpox or varicella zoster. Very good. Shingles. Yes. Excellent, Taylor. Excellent, Justin. Jack. Um, yeah, shingles. Um, yeah, so when we have sh shingles, comes the person had chickenpox when they were a kid, and now they're like 30 years old or 40 years old, and they have shingles, right? 
That's what I think uh, might happen as well. Um, but I think it's going to be quicker. Uh, just like with, with pandas, it's a quicker thing. You know, a kid's like six, eight years old, whatever. They have strep, and then a few months later, they, they get it again, and bam. They go. So I think this is going to be – I don't think it's going to be like necessarily uh, – although it might happen later on too uh, as, they're in the, as they age, but I think it's, it's another really big thing. And I'm interested now just talking about this, like I mentioned before, about the relationship with Alzheimer's and the viral – I know I've seen viral uh, – uh, causes of Alzheimer's too. I'm gonna look that up, and I'm gonna get all these studies for you for next week. See, to me, this is exciting to me. I don't know about you guys. This like makes me so fascinated, right? So I can spend hours like talking about this kind of stuff uh, and looking this kind of stuff up, and that's what I hope that you get from what I'm I'm doing. This is I want you guys to be excited, right? Uh, to excite. I scour the news to get excited for you guys, so I can share this stuff with you. Um, now look at this. This is also quite interesting uh, too. Um, flu view. This is from the CDC. Flu view. Um, every week they have an update on the latest flu, uh, you know, uh, uh, impact. Um, so this is from last week. Um, when I look this stuff up for you. Um, so I want you to notice this. This is 2019 to 2020. This isn't like 2016, 2018, right? Uh, so estimates from October uh, 1st, 2019 through April 4th, 2020. There have been upwards of 56 million flu illnesses. That's a boatload of flu, right? Um, so not to in any way put any, to, to, like, obviously COVID, you know, coronavirus is a huge issue. There's a whole bunch of cases too. But I want you to understand that this is on top of the flu, right? So I remember uh, months ago, people were first talking, oh, this is gonna be instead of the flu, it's not the, no, I'm, this is on top. So here's the flu. And then Corona went on right on top of it. It's not uh, in addition. It's not like it's separate from it didn't cancel each other out. Right. Yeah. This is you have 56 million cases of the flu here in the States. And now you have X number of millions of cases of coronavirus. And then here, look at this. This is this year, right, from October 19, uh, uh, 2019 to April 2020, upwards of 62,000. Let me erase that. So you can see it better. 60. Oop, that didn't work well. Um, 60 upwards of 62,000 deaths from flu this year on top of now I didn't look at today um but we uh, on Tuesday there was like 45 46,000 deaths in this country from uh, coronavirus so this is on top of this right so you get 62,000 deaths from the flu another god knows how many deaths from coronavirus this is just to show you the numbers right these are giant giant numbers um uh and not instead of or or uh, something like that. This is, these are these are big numbers that we're talking about. So um, the the real reason I'm showing this to you is to get you to understand where this is coming from. Um, to understand that when it talks about flu illnesses, we have to understand that there's this this thing that they labeled illy, right? Which is influenza-like illnesses, right? Uh, which there is they've had a hard time kind of figuring out, you know, what's flu, what's coronavirus, right? Flu doesn't usually have shortness of breath. That's not a big thing. Flu certainly doesn't have neurological symptoms um, like loss of sense of smell or taste, right? Those are the big ways that they're kind of separating things out aside from, you know, some of the blood tests and antibody tests they're doing. So fascinating stuff. You guys need to be aware of this. People will be asking you questions. And I want you to understand where all this stuff is coming from and where it's going, especially uh, in the pediatric population. I'm already collecting some great stories aside from the Alzheimer's stuff. Some great stories for you guys um, to talk about um, some stuff for next week, you know, too. So stay tuned. Uh, any questions about any of this stuff?
questions? Oop. All right, good. So my coaster just fell. Um, so let me stop the recording here.